are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, April 20th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, that's at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. Go leave me a review if you want to. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts. You can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. It's been a, a bit of a depressing start to my day here, I can't lie to you. Uh, not only did the Chicago Blackhawks fall flat on their faces last night and lose to the Nashville Predators once again, but it's also snowing right now here in Missouri, where I currently am staying for a few more days. A late April snow. Lovely. So, Weather outside is horrible right now, but the Blackhawks' performance last night, especially their play in the defensive zone, it was worse than horrible. Breakdown after breakdown, turnover after turnover. I know Nashville got a couple of lucky bounces along the way last night, but still, as a whole, the defensive lapses, they really were what killed this team. I mean, it was a clinic of how not to play defense. And it wasn't just one or two guys who were... Uh, exceptionally bad last night. It just seemed like everyone was bad. Duncan Keith, Calvin DeHaan, Nikita Zadorov, really only Riley Stillman, I thought, played a solid game on the back end for the Hawks. But in such a crucial game of the season, I mean, I don't need to talk about it any more than I already have. If you've been listening to the show or have followed the Blackhawks up to this point, then you know how big last night's game was for them. And to play that bad defensively and to just not be anywhere close to being on their A-game, it just leaves nothing but a bitter taste in my mouth. And more so, what it tells me is that this team isn't ready to take that next step and become a playoff-caliber team this year. I don't want to put the nail in the coffin for the Hawks or anything. They, They do technically still have a chance, but it just seems like in every big game this year, they find ways to lose and never seem to come up clutch and and do themselves any favors in the standings. And that's really how it's been in um, every game against Nashville this year, just clearly one step behind them. And even when the Preds are down a couple of their top guys due to injury, they still outplay the Blackhawks regularly. And it's it's disappointing to say the least. A 5-2 loss last night to Nashville. That puts the Hawks now at... 0-4-2 0-4-2 against the Preds in 2021, and it also dropped them to 6th place in the Discover NHL Central Division now with a 21-20-5 record and 47 points through 46 games. Dallas picked up a big victory last night in the shootout over Detroit, so they jumped the Hawks, now have 48 points and 2 games in hand, so... Not only are the Hawks four points back of the Preds with 10 games to go, but they also have to worry about the Dallas Stars now. The Stars are in front of them. They have a much better points percentage and a few games still to be played. So undoubtedly, 
The Hawks' playoff chances took a major hit last night, and they're going to need to figure out how to play against this Nashville team in a hurry, or else their playoff hopes will be completely toast by the time the weekend rolls around. Getting into the game a bit real quick, a couple things I wanted to mention about the lineup and everything. So, as I talked about on yesterday's episode, Jeremy Colleton did not release his lineup after the morning skate. He wanted to go the surprise route, which I can't blame him for, you know, I get it, in a big game. Uh, And as expected, Kevin Lankinen led the team out and wound up getting the start in net. Maybe some people, I don't know. I got a couple text messages from some of my buddies saying, you know, why isn't Subban in there after getting the shutout on Saturday? But, I mean, I get that mentality, but in the biggest game of the season to not, the biggest game of the season up to this point, to not start Kevin Lankinen when he's been the guy basically since the fifth game of the season, I mean, that that just wouldn't make sense to me. So, I, I deep down really thought that Lanky was going to get this start, and he did wind up, um, he he sat on Saturday, and I thought that was just going to lead up to him undoubtedly getting the nod from Colleton for the Blackhawks. That wound up happening, and then the two lineup changes that the Hawks made were, uh, well, well, first, Brandon Hagel, poor guy, Hagel had his second false positive COVID-19 test in just about three weeks. He had a positive test before the game. He couldn't get a second test done in time to confirm whether or not he had to sit out. And then after the game is over, of course, comes back negative once again. So unfortunate there for the Hawks and for Hagel. And in his place on the top line last night, Adam Gaudette made his Blackhawks debut. He didn't really play a a first-line role, though. I think Gaudette only had like seven minutes of ice time. Would like to see him definitely get more in the future. Um, but he jumped up on that top line with Suter and Kane a little bit. And then on the back end, Calvin DeHaan did wind up playing, which I talked about yesterday. I expected, and he was in place of Ian Mitchell. Like I thought, Riley Stillman stayed in and played well for the Hawks again, as I, as I talked about a moment ago. Really, the only guy I thought that showed up on defense last night, it looked like. So, Gaudette and DeHaan were the two changes in the lineup for the Blackhawks on Monday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there are my first thoughts on the Blackhawks' 5-2 loss to Nashville last night. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to provide a full recap of the contest and talk about the key points in the game for the Hawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend... 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships, they have, the, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck, for the best possible prices. 
I also need to talk to you all about 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The Lockdown Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey and follow Lockdown NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. Be sure to stay tuned for more info about our live NFL draft coverage. All right, I just finished up sharing my opening thoughts on the Blackhawks' loss last night. Moving on now, per usual, I want to provide a full recap of the contest and talk about some of the key points in the game where the Hawks lost momentum and eventually wound up losing by a score of 5-2. to two. So, out of the gate, sadly, another pretty poor start from the Blackhawks, which has consistently been an issue for them this season. Nashville just came out as the hungrier team. They wanted it more, and because of that, they wound up taking a one to nothing lead just six minutes and 22 seconds into the game as both Eric Howla and Matt Duchesne redirected Matt Benning's shot from the point. No chance for Lankinen at all there on that one, a double redirect like 10 feet in front of him. But this could have been prevented because Duncan Keith and Alex Tabrinkit, they got caught with their sticks up high. No one, uh, no one tied up Howla or Duchesne in front of the net. Both get a piece of the puck, which shouldn't ever happen. And it cost them early, falling behind one nothing yet again to Nashville. And I went back after Nashville scored that goal, and I went back and looked at the previous five contests between these two teams. And I noticed that the Preds have now scored the first goal in five of those six meetings and in five in a row. Allowing the first goal, I mean, it's been problematic long-term for the Blackhawks against everyone all season long, so wasn't shocked to, you know, to see that they're 0-4-1 in those five games when allowing the Preds to strike first, and eventually, um, I mean, that, that's going to come back to bite them. We've seen the Blackhawks record when they score the first goal and when allowing it, and when coming out of the first period with the lead. It's a huge swing for this team. The opening 20 minutes really, I feel like, kind of determines whether or not they're going to be engaged. So for the Blackhawks, I think on Wednesday, definitely got to be the team to score first in that contest. 
I do think after that first goal, though, it was a little bit of a wake-up call for Colleton's bunch because they, they started, you know, to to get their legs under them. They started winning some board battles. And then after Dylan Strom drew a penalty off an offensive zone faceoff, the Hawks' power play comes out and actually moves the puck well, believe it or not. Their first man advantage of the game, and Pia Suter made mwah, just a tremendous no-look backhand pass from below the goal line to find to bring it in tight, and the Cat stays red hot with his 23rd goal of the season now. That extended his point streak to five games, and more importantly, knotted up the score 1-1 to for the Blackhawks before heading into the intermission. I talked about how uh, yesterday, how special teams was going to be a very big key in this series for Chicago. And early on in this game, the Hawks power play comes through with a huge goal. I wish they could have gotten more on the man advantage than this one, but at least now they know they are capable of converting against Nashville's PK, which for some reason has been a struggle for this Hawks team in all their meetings this year. So after the opening 20 minutes, the Hawks, they had some life in them. They just managed to tie the game up late in the first. I was hoping, you know, that they would be able to build off that to start the second period. It's like as the first went on, they were getting better and better and starting to just wake up more and more and more. So I was hoping they were going to build off that out of the first intermission, but that just didn't happen. And again, it's these killer little mini blips where... They just forget how to play hockey for a few minutes. It, that just continues to kill this team. It was something I talked about uh, over the weekend a couple of times when doing the crossover with the Lockdown Red Wings boys. This team just does not play a full 60-minute game very often. I know it's that sounds cliche, like that's what every team wants to do. Oh, we want to go out there and we want to play hard and play a, a full 60-minute effort. Yes, that's every interview that any player gives ever. But that's what this Blackhawks team needs to do. They don't do that often enough, and they just have these moments where they shoot themselves in the foot and give up a major swing or major turning point in the game. And last night, to start the second period, less than five minutes in, that's what happened. Kelly Yarncrow, oh my gosh, Kelly Yarncrow just burned Nikita Zadorov to the front of the net. Gramlin makes a nice feed from uh, behind the Hawks' cage to find Yarncrow in the slot, and boom. Another defensive breakdown cost the Blackhawks big time. Nikita Zadorov, just a, a really bad game for him last night. What, big Z, when your defensive partner is up near the blue line, you cannot get beat to the front of the net. And that's exactly what happened here. Yarn Crow got inside position. For some reason, it looked like big Z, big Z hit him after he scored the goal. Like, just put your 6-6. Six, six. Put a body on him. Another rough game for Big Z in my mind. Pretty horrible night for him from, from start to finish. And then, just 51 seconds after Yarn Crow's goal, Duncan Keith has just a horrible sequence where he kind of, uh, I don't want to question his effort or anything, but he just kind of like lollygagged to the puck to keep the play alive with a pinch. And then he, he does win the race like he expected to, but then just makes, for a, for a future Hall of Famer, Con Smythe Trophy winner and two-time Norris Trophy winner. Just an absolutely unacceptable pass in a close game. No look, soft, backhanded pass, trying to go D to D at the point. No one was there, and defenseman Matias Ekholm jumped on the loose puck for the breakaway and beat Lankinen with a shot to extend the Preds' lead to three to one, just like that. 
No idea, literally no idea what Keith was trying to do there, but if he's making plays like that, sheesh, we don't stand a chance most nights. Need number two to be much better for the Hawks in these next two games. I will give credit to the Blackhawks, though, for, um, for just fighting hard in this one because usually against Nashville, they, they couldn't get anything going offensively, and it really never even felt like they had a chance of coming back. But last night, after giving up those two goals in 51 seconds to start the second period, they fought hard and um, started to, to kind of get things back under control a little bit, settle down and realize that they still were, you know, one goal away from making this thing a game heading into the third period. And then, boom, near the midway point of the second, David Camp, baby! Jumps on a loose puck after Gaudette's shot was blocked and beats UC Saros for his first goal of the season and first since March 3rd, 2020. It's been 13 months since David Camp scored his last goal and it couldn't come at a bigger time. Huge goal there for the fourth line to cut the deficit to 3-2 and credit to Adam Gaudette for working hard and generating a good chance there on that play, and Gaudette wound up getting the primary assist, so Gaudy in his Blackhawks debut finds his way on the stat sheet. The real turning point of the game, though, ladies and gentlemen, was the start of the third period. My oh my. No way to put it besides absolutely embarrassing. I seriously have no idea how how the Hawks could look so bad out of the intermission, you know, heading into what they knew was about to be the biggest period of their season up to that point. You know, I don't know if the mood in the room needs to change or the message from Jeremy or what, but the Hawks literally right out of the intermission. They allowed Trennan and Janot to go to the front of the net uncontested. This one was a toughie, though. It was just kind of bad luck because Connor Murphy in the corner gets his helmet knocked off by Trennan, and when that happens, you have to go to the bench or else you get a penalty. So basically, Murphy had to make the split-second decision of, do I let this guy just walk to the front of the net uncontested, or do I, do I stay on and take a penalty? And naturally, I think he, he just went to the bench because that's what the guys have been taught to do at this point which is a stupid rule, by the way. I, I hate that rule. I mean, I, I get the safety precautions behind it, but that that's literally the situation where you're like, something probably should change here. Maybe give them like five seconds. I don't know. But it, it was just kind of bad luck there for Murphy to, to get his helmet knocked off and he has to go to the bench. But anyway, still to, to let two guys go all alone to the front of the net, even down a man, I, I think it's just... 100% unacceptable, and also it was a horrible turnover there by, by Pia Suter, by the way, so, um, after, and then, so, right out of the, the gate, Nashville makes it 4-2, to two, um, and then 18 seconds later, it seriously took Nashville only 18 seconds to find the back of the net once again. This time, Calvin DeHaan was the culprit. He has a horrible giveaway. His defensive partner, Duncan Keith, has a blowout in his own zone, and Cunning gets left all alone in front of Lankinen for a tap-in, and all of a sudden, literally less than a minute into the third period, the game's over, and the Hawks' deficit went from one to three, just like that. And I mean, after that point, there was no way the Hawks were going to beat, you know, UC Soros three more times down the stretch. He's been a brick wall against them all season. So, again, the mini-stretch where the Hawks 
just completely forgot how to play hockey continues to cost them here in 2021. Alright, there is my recap of the Blackhawks 5-2 loss to Nashville last night. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about some thoughts I have before the second game of this series tomorrow night. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NFL are getting down to the home stretch of their seasons. And for those interested in other things aside from sports, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head on over to the website. Or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Today, through the 26th of April, be sure to listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Lockdown and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Okay, so I just finished up sharing my recap of the Blackhawks' 5-2 loss to the Preds last night. Last but not least on the show here today, I wanted to talk about some thoughts I have before the second game of the series begins tomorrow night. First, the lineup. So, As I talked about a few moments ago, Brandon Hagel wasn't able to play yesterday because of his false positive COVID-19 test, but he should be given the green light on Wednesday now that that that's all cleared up, meaning that someone is going to have to draw out of the lineup in place of Hagel. And with Adam Gaudette picking up a point in his Blackhawks debut, I I don't think he's going to be the odd man out in this forward group tomorrow. I actually expect it to be Dylan Strome who has seen his ice time regress a significant amount in the last few games. The guy's just not really doing anything out there. And last night, he played a season-low 10 minutes and 40 seconds. I think that's setting up for Strom to be the healthy scratch for Brandon Hagel tomorrow night. And then on defense, I also forgot to mention earlier that Wyatt Kalanuck was forced to leave the game early yesterday after uh, just a couple shifts because he, he took a hit into the boards hard and apparently suffered a hip injury. It doesn't sound all that severe, but obviously it was enough, you know, to keep him from returning to the game. So not sure if Kalanuck is going to be able to go tomorrow night, but if he does, then there's a huge question of who draws out of the lineup. I personally think it should be either... Calvin DeHaan or Nikita Zadorov if K- 
Kalinuk is able to go. Both both Dahan and Zadorov, t- to put it nicely, were trash last night, and we, we can't have those kinds of performances and meaningful games from our veteran defensemen on this team. My final thoughts before I let you all go for the day. Looking back at my keys to victory for the Hawks on yesterday's episode, one of them I said was winning the special teams battle. And even though uh, ultimately, you know, they lost the game, they did technically win the special teams battle by going one for five on the power play and five for five on the PK. Penalty kills now 11 for their last 11. That's good to see. But the power play, I still wasn't satisfied because. They had, they had their opportunity to be the difference maker last night for the Blackhawks, and they came up empty and, and did not look very good at all on a couple of their man advantages. I was really hoping, you know, scoring on their first one of the game, maybe they can get a second one and get themselves back in this thing, um, but that, that just didn't wind up happening. They, they got that goal from DeBrinckit. I, I will give them credit. They needed one. They needed to get at least one last night, but that unit... I still I still think they need to be better, especially, you know, against the second or third worst PK in the NHL that the Nashville Predators rock. Blackhawks simply need their power play to wake up a little bit more than they did last night in order to take the next two games of the series and get themselves back in the hunt for the postseason. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, April 20th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is getting down to their final games and the best way to keep track of all the news is by subscribing to Lockdown NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.